pronunciation of your name because I love when you say it then I say it yeah uh yeah so it's Kurt Ruprecht Kurt Ruprecht the man can roll his tongue did you see that well he he lived in Woo. Central and South America oh that'll do it so he could do the yeah that'll do it if you could let everybody know where they can find you at your IG your website even yours if you'd like to share that yeah absolutely so it's uh I'm with uh, K Street Financial, uh, so that's our IG, uh, K and Street Financial, uh, and that's also our URL for our website, so it's www.kstreetfinancial.com, uh, and then my personal page is Kurt Patrick 703. Kurt right. Patrick 703, right. DMV. Hey. DMV. Get I your know, money out. I know that's 703. <laughs> that means he's living a good side of town. You got that good 703 area code. <laughs> I think they changed the area code. I, I'm in, I'm in the DM, I'm in Virginia and I don't even have a 703. What do you have? 904. That's the new area. That's code. a new one, yeah. No, I'm Florida. That's Florida. Oh, that's right. You do got Florida. 571 is That's no Jackson. What you think? 571? The seven seven one. Seven seven one. That's the new two hundred two. Yeah, that's the new DC number. Wow, they got a out of numbers. But I also have a three hundred five too, though. That's you. That's yeah, just I all have you. My 305. That's just all you. Where can they find you at? Hey, it's your girl Kwana. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on TikTok. I'm looking at Big O, and I'm looking at Super Live to be joining those soon. Wow. I'm also on YouTube, so I'm everywhere you want to be. You literally getting more everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I can go live. I know Super Live because that's uh, that got big off of makeup. Uh huh. That's but that's huge. They're yeah. Making, they're making money over there. Yes, they are. And what big go? Big go. B I G O. That's another one. Yeah. Wow, oh, man. Yeah. You're blowing my mind. Every time I look around, there's another one. I'm at Super Saiyan Santi. I'm not there yet, but <laughs> I'm gonna have to fight, figure out how to get there. At Super Saiyan Santi, but most importantly, at AGMB Podcast. Yes. All Gas No Break Podcast. Yes. I want to shout out my boy, my engineer, the extraordinaire, the man over there at Rex Corollas. He got he is tapped in. He's mm-hmm. killing it. The sound is great. What do you the think about the all. sound? What do you think about the sound? Sounding good. Sounds good. <laughs> no, and he is not playing. He is mixing everything at this current moment. And I, and I test him. I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I test him. So, Kurt, thank you for being here. Yes. Shout out to my boy OJ. No, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you, thank you, man. Thank you so much because uh, I believe, and thank you for reaching out to us because the topic that you're bringing to us is very important mm. in all communities. Mm-hmm. In all communities. But primarily, our community, yes. well, I know we don't talk about it much. Now, What made you get into this industry? What made you trigger you to go, this is what I want to do? 
Yes, yeah, this is a good question. Uh, yeah, I was ta- we were talking a little bit before um, before we jumped on to the live show, and and a lot of my motivation, I think, for getting into this space coming out of college. This is so. This is my first and only job coming out of school, which I know is wow. rare, but I think there's a lot of benefit and momentum and kind of expertise I've been able to develop just staying in kind of a you know, a lane that I, I really loved and I enjoyed and I was able to go deep on. Um, but I think a lot of the original motivation for it was um, just surrounding this like connection with the end user. So a lot of my, uh, a lot of my buddies in college, um, after finishing up undergrad, you know, a lot of the call was to go into banking, maybe mm-hmm. go to New York uh, or be kind of like a trader or something like that. Um, and the one thing I really liked about the personal finance or financial advisor opportunity was the ability to actually interface with the end user. It wasn't as though I was just, just going to be like evaluating a spreadsheet on Excel and be like, hey, I'm working really hard, but I have no idea like where my hours are going to like ultimately go to benefit. Whereas in right. this career, I was able to talk with people at all different life stages. I was able to talk with business owners in different sectors and industries. And um, that aspect of it has absolutely like turned out to be one of the things I enjoy most about what I do. It's just minimal monotony on a daily basis. I'm talking to different people uh, with different backgrounds, different experiences, different uh, you know ideas that they're able to share and, and challenges that they're trying to navigate. So there's a lot of problem solving. But when I think about kind of the end user, like. I know them, like I know their name, I know their yeah. kid's name, I know their parents' name, and I know all the goals that they're working toward. Um, and that's one thing I, I, I really love about uh, you know the business that I'm in right now and, and this, this financial services career that I've, I've decided to stick with over the course of my I want to say, I think that's why, that's why you're good at what you do. Just from Passion. meeting you and speaking with people like Earl and, <laughs> you know, and he spoke of you very highly. I feel like that's that's probably why you're great at what you do because you love the connection portion, yeah. and that's the part of in any realm, especially sales, because it's somewhat sales. Would you say it's sales? Yeah, you know, a lot of it is is um, just trying to like meet people where they are. So yeah. I, I, you know, th- this this maybe helps uncover I think one of the like anxieties people have around man like money management and finances is just like they don't really know kind of where to go to to do it. So uh, ideally, like what we've tried to do is is create a practice and kind of a deliverable where we can meet someone at any different kind of stage of life or yeah. a level and, and, and approach. So like some things that might be, you're talking to someone, it's really foundational. Like, hey, what, what are the, the best practices you can share with me? I'm starting out, like what should I focus, you know, my, my cash flow on? So like, Maybe a lot of it is more like budget focus. Like, what are the what are the defense? You know, what maybe what are the some of the defensive or risk management considerations that someone wants to do? Whereas, you know, if you're talking to someone else, like, hey, I've already set up a lot of stuff in my life. You know, in my yeah. life, I got some investments, I got some insurance, but like, I don't have really a strategic plan. Can you help with the planning? Right. Like, maybe I just need some input there. Maybe it's invest. So a lot of it, what we ideally tried to do is create kind of different offerings or mm-hmm. that we could meet someone depending upon what their, what their, their needs, needs were. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, that's been something that, that, that I think has been created a nice approachable thing on a topic that people otherwise feel a lot of anxiety around. There's a they, lot of anxiety. Yeah, or they feel like they have to have it all perfected. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. tell me I'm not getting extra steak in my Chipotle bowl. That's not happening. Yeah, that's not a part of the budget <laughs> we're going to cut back on. We, we, yeah. we, we, need to find some, we need to find some buffer elsewhere. Reach out, yeah, reach out, cool. reach out. Yeah. Do you double the meat at Chipotle and still get the burrito or the bowl? I get the bowl. Okay, because you know what I hate about doubling the meat? Random. Yes. <laughs> Pause and Yes, pause. please. Off the record. <laughs> Off the record. You gotta say that. I'm broke. I'm broke. I don't gotta say that. But 
They can never wrap the burrito correctly no, after they can't. do that. No. And I don't want two rolls of bread. That's or, right. But anyway, I'm going to And it's, it's busting all in your mouth and stuff. <laughs> it's just disrespectful. Oh, <laughs> completely, completely. Yeah, I, so, so we talked about it uh, off camera a little bit. Why do you think we are intimidated by it? You talked about it, uh, spoke of it a little bit, but if you don't mind elaborating, and how do you get past that with people like that intimidated intimidation of talking about money to someone i have no i've never met this person before. yeah no it's, it's interesting i'm i've developed i think like a very i've become like very desensitized as it relates to like asking people what they make or yeah you know, at a time just because i'm so exposed to talking about like death or risk management like it's just yes. like it's very real things that like I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't want someone not to have that brought up to them. So I'm like very, uh, I don't want to be the person that didn't bring it up to them. Right, they right. results like a missing gap in their plan. So I become very comfortable with it. But I'm also very understanding of the fact that like these things are just really kind of sensitive topics. So a mm -hmm. lot of it initially is, um, I think one thing is that when you're talking with someone, ideally have it be someone that like is has some, you know, they have a good reputation or they referred to you by a, a family or friend or you know you can see. Do they have good experience, or right. how long have they been in this space? And then right. once you once you get into actually maybe talking with a, a, a financial professional about this, I think a lot of it is trying to shed some of the idea that like you're not gonna like you don't need to feel like a hundred percent about everything that you've done. Like yes. you know, not everyone's gonna have everything perfected. And yes. that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, ideally, you know what we try and do is is engage with people on more of a like progress planning versus perfection planning okay. idea. Where like there's some good things that everyone's doing. Yeah. So identify those and be like, all right, those are great good habits that you're having in place. Like let's try and build upon those going forward okay. so that they can embrace more of a mindset where they're like moving the needle in the right direction versus they feel as though they have to have everything solved for at this very instant. Yeah. It's like, that's not, un that's not realistic. No. You're talking about like funding education for your kids or funding your retirement. Like it's not going to happen in one year, two years, three years, five years. It's and that's happen. what we're talking about. The yeah. schools don't teach our kids how to live in the real world. True. Mm -hmm. They just literally don't. They don't teach them how to boil an egg anymore. They don't teach them money management. They don't teach them grocery lists and how much money is in your pocket versus how much you should spend at the store mm. versus how much you should spend on toiletries. It's just not being... Yeah. You know. Were we ever taught that, though? Do you feel like we were taught that finance? No. School? I don't think we've ever were. No. The closest we ever came was home ec. Yeah, you know, I would say from a personal finance class, like, that is definitely a missing ingredient, ingredient I would say, of both a high school uh, yeah. curriculum as well as even at like a undergraduate college level. I think that would be right. very beneficial. Yeah. Like I, I, I studied economics uh, yeah, as, a, as an undergraduate, um, but I mean, that was helpful probably in abstract yes. like, to understand yeah. yes. like, you know, micro and macroeconomics and things like that. So like that was useful and I think like applicable to like what I do. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like more of that human emotion perspective, like mm -hmm. a lot of the anxiety someone feels around finances is, is it's more granular, more kind of like in the weeds. It's like, yeah. hey, with my next dollar, where do I put it? Is it, is it debt reduction? Is it short-term savings? Is it intermediate savings? That's is it long-range savings? Yeah. yeah, is it double meat at Chipotle? And, yeah. and, and, it's, and, it, and it's just trying to get a better handle of like what money's going where and why. And right. I think if you can connect it with the goals that are most important to someone in yeah. the near term, the intermediate term, or the long term, like that's the key ingredient. That's what I'm saying. I didn't yeah. learn that until I got to college. Yeah, and you're, yeah, you're absolutely not alone there. And I, and I think just getting a better sense of like, all right, well, if these are the things that are important to me, like. How how should I be carving up my finite resources yeah. to like achieve those goals that are relevant to me? Right. And it's not going to be any one thing. No. A combination of a couple different things you're going to be doing. 
Um, and then ideally building upon those good habits yeah. going forward as, as, you know, with increased cash flow or, or you know, maybe reduced expenses if, if, you know, car back on the double, you do double meet two days a week or something like that. All right. <laughs> We, we said we're going to stop buying sneakers. Deleting the StockX app off my phone. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a sneakerhead too. He's a sneakerhead too. So no, he, and I think you should be able to still keep your hobbies. Yeah, totally. And just don't splurge. That's the part. That's well, you know what? Part. I recently stopped splurging. Yes, but you have babies, a reason. Because of babies. Because I splurge on them now. Yeah. I completely do. So. I love when I meet people that stay what you what you said. You, you found your calling early mm-hmm. and you stuck to it. Yeah. I didn't. Ha- I wasn't fortunate enough to do that. I had a lot of callings. I stuck to a lot of stuff. <laughs> so you had an aha moment. Did you have an aha moment that made you go, "I'm where I'm supposed to be," and then you built on it and created something amazing. Yeah, it's that's a really good question. Um, I, it's funny, like, I, 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 yeah, so I've, I've been doing this for 19 years now. Okay. Uh, so I've been in this space a long time. Um, and uh, I think a lot of maybe younger advisors would, like, look at me and they're like, oh, I really would wish I could trade places with Kurt. Like, you know, they, got, they have this infrastructure. Yeah. Like, you know, they've, been, they've gotten through those hard years. But the reality is, is, like, all those things I went through Without them. early on, like, I wouldn't be, be where you the, are. Yeah, the advisor I am today or have the expertise I have today had I not gone through that like 10,000 hours of like you know oh, yeah. of mastery and actually taken probably my third lap through that at this point in time <laughs> and like it, it's it's uh it's just a necessary you know prerequisite but I, I do think that's like an important thing to like be really transparent about it's something that I think with with the work that we do with with people that are business owners and like you know they're, they're entrepreneurs um it's a it's a different kind of mindset and there is a lot of stress and anxiety associated with like starting your own thing and it's real and I don't think you want to brush it under the rug because it's that's just not I don't I think you're selling you're being disingenuous about how you're you're explaining it but like yeah the the best best analogy I've ever gotten around like what it's like to like start a business Mm -hmm. um I saw it in this like Inc magazine uh article and uh they likened it to uh the entrepreneur like riding a lion so everyone around the entrepreneur is like, oh, look at that entrepreneur riding yeah. the lion. Like, they're so incredible. Like, look how brave they are. Like, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, control of that lion. Whereas the entrepreneur sitting on the lion is like, how the hell did I get on top yeah. of that lion? <laughs> and, 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 and what, what do I got to do to make sure that this thing doesn't eat me? Eat me, yeah. And, and like, that's real. Like, yeah. that, like that, like amount of just yeah. like stress and anxiety you right. have. Like, that's a real part of like building a business. But like, it's I couldn't imagine it any other way. Like, that's yeah. that I would that trade that anxiety versus like the certainty of of having someone else say like hey this is what you know like yeah. d- just determining kind of like the value or you know whatever whatever I might be doing uh, but I've, I've really enjoyed it uh, I don't know if it was kind of a one event that kind of clicked it it's, okay. it's probably been a couple different things that okay. have like reaffirmed that I think I'm in the right what right was, space in the what right was lane. the craziest thing like the day you're like I'm I love asking this question and you're like I'm about to quit I don't want to do this but you did if, if you can remember a story. Was it a person? Was it a... I had a... <laughs> this is like early on in my career. Um, I would say when I was... I, it, it's actually, it was like real early on, but it was like so embarrassing that I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can keep doing this. <laughs> so I, I, go, I go to uh, meet this this prospect, this prospective client. Uh, so he, he went to the same college as me. He was, he was an EVA grad. 
Uh, and he's like, all right, yeah, I'll grab lunch with you. And he's like, I don't know if I have a need, but I'll have lunch with you. And I was like, all right, great. I got, yeah, I'm gonna no, I got a meeting with a real person, and we're gonna talk finance. Uh, so I'm meeting, uh, meeting him at the Clyde's in Reston Town Center. Okay, okay. I know where that is. So I'm like kind of nervous because it, like it was in my first couple months of doing this, um, and they they have this like uh the turn uh what, what do they call those things with the doors that like the oh. turnstile the turnstile yeah turnstile yeah. door we enter and i get into the same slot as him because i'm i'm following him so closely that like we're in there and now i'm oh, in it and no. i was like oh my goodness i'm like pressed up against this guy <laughs> oh, no. and, and so then we kind of shuffle like up to the hostess stand and like i was like oh man i'm really sorry about that <laughs> so i'm apologizing for getting into his slot like in the uh in in, in the, oh, the, the, the the rotating door that we're getting in the turnstile oh. door and it was it was terrible. The rest of the meeting, I just like couldn't shut it. Uh, oh, I couldn't, couldn't shut it. Shake it. N- needless to say, he did he, he did not become a client. But, <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's one of those things in hindsight that like you know I'm, I'm happy that wasn't one of the things that like ended up me like throwing in the Same, towel. Yeah, that's uh, it. Because like I, I think a big part of like really any successful like venture is just like sticking around long enough to get lucky. Yeah. Uh, and just well, like I things click and night. yeah. Stick around long enough to get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you don't, you don't want to you don't want to throw the towel through on Thursday night. You don't Not that towel. Like, <laughs> man, man, entrepreneurship. And that's an, I want to make sure that we cover yes, the please, fact please, that we yes. don't, as African American people, we don't talk about finance. Please talk about. You'll that. never know who got the most in their pocket. Um, you get more, they'll try to rob you or figure out how to take it or make, you know, be better than you. What do you think about, um, what do you think would help the, you know, a group understand, not be scared? Like what, what would be the baby steps they could take Mm. to, um, kind of creep into there, not jump in, but just creep in? No, that's a really good question. I I think, I think. Probably at a baseline level, one area where I think a lot of people could gain some elevated confidence around is and clarity is around just cash flow. Just having a better handle, like, all right, mm-hmm. with my money right now, like, where is it going? Sure. So, at, at, and so we, we talk about this as, as part of our like CFO method, which is like our cash flow optimization mm-hmm. system. And so we think about cash flow and money at kind of a macro level and a micro level. Right. So, macro, I mean, like, kind of big picture, like, we're where are the five places your money can go? Mm-hmm. So it can go to, uh, it can go to taxes, mm-hmm. it can go to savings, mm-hmm. it can go to consumption, it goes to housing, and it goes to risk management. That's true. So if we work backwards on that, risk management might be everything from like the insurance that you're required to have, like auto insurance right. or homeowners insurance, just like some of the defensive things. Um, and then also too, it might be some like things like life insurance or just you know disability insurance. Do I have enough in case something happens to me? Like, my, is my family going to be okay or my loved ones? Um, from a housing perspective, like everyone needs somewhere to live. So whether that's rent that they're paying or it's their mortgage, um, that's going to consume a certain amount of their available resources. So is it as um, simple as is just uh, them making a budget? Just a the budget would be part of it. Budget yeah, just... budget would be part of it. And there's going to be like, uh, it's important to understand that like all five of those things are joined at the hip. Okay. So if someone like spends a ton on their house right. and they consume and their consumption is really high, both yeah. for necessity things as well as like discretionary they're expenses, they're never going to get out of the weeds. They're going to be really hard pressed to have anything left to save. Yeah. So so ideally, like they're all interconnected, but just getting a better handle, like all right, if there are is an amount of my budget that I've allocated toward consumption, just make sure that like everything you're spending money on, you're actually 
deriving or getting value from it. Right. Because if it's something you're like, oh, I mean, I'm spending on this monthly membership, but I'm not really using it that much. Like, and I realized I, I had a bunch yeah. of them from Apple. It's real. Yeah, and just like reviewing those things, like it's... They uh, literally like refunded me like 400 bucks. Wow. You were just they were them? just taking like a dollar or two dollars. Yeah. Mm. And that me just not like I realizing. Not, yeah, yeah, I'm not realizing that the little chunk of change is leaving. That's a lot of so, money. Yeah, it added up to four hundred dollars. Bank of America is like, okay, we see that that's been happening for a while. We'll yeah. give it back to you. And then ideally, with any money you identify like that, and you find it's like, all right, well, where do I repurpose that? Yeah. Is it like, do I send it into savings? Is there maybe like, you know, is a debt repayment? I a need lot to work of us spend so, it before we even get it. Yeah. So, so like, as many like forced things as you can automate, like that's also really helpful. Whether it's things like a four hundred one k plan, where you have like an amount of your paycheck yes. that's withheld, that's really useful. It is. Even when it comes to like, uh, like cash, like having like a separate account where it like it moves to for like, I hey, this is my vacation fund. So like, I know I got money for it. Bank really useful like, I yeah, do do that because when I then I can go over there and I can yeah. yeah I'm learning to take those steps yeah I'm now separating and like you said get rid of all these little uh foolish like little debts. subscriptions I, I, I that you don't even probably use yes but then you said something repurposing that money do you so savings accounts, you don't want to go into a savings account. You right. there's different options other than savings that can actually give you a return on your right. investment. Where would you? Yeah, no. So so that gets down to more like the micro ca- cash flow. So we get we drill down a little bit more of like okay, I, I have the amount of money that I'm saving right now. Like okay. how should I distribute that? And so we like to use like a waterfall effect for this, where like mm-hmm. the first thing you want to check the box on is like. You know, just emergency cash reserves. Just having some money and like checking your savings. It's yeah, just liquid. Just land there. It's not tied to the market, so it's not in an investment account where it's going up and down. It's there. It's in like a, you know, like an interest yield, you know, yeah, building yeah, savings account. It's, it's it's there. It's for things like, hey, my water heater broke, or I got in a car accident, I got to pay my deductible. Yeah. You know, for for this repair. So it's money that otherwise would end up becoming like a credit card balance. Right. Yeah. You ideally want this to be like, hey, this is a little bit of cushion that I can help a family member out if there's an emergency or yeah. something like that. So that's that. That's kind of like number one. You want to make sure you have some amount of like cash reserves. Generally speaking, anywhere between like three to nine months mm-hmm. of you know average monthly expenses is a good range to be in. Right. Even if someone's below that right now, like don't beat yourself up about it. Like right. don't like be like, all right, well I gotta give up. Like like just be moving. Have a goal. Yeah, build up to that three months. You know, or, or if it's five months is a sweet spot for you. But once you get there, you're like, okay, what's next? Right. Like, how do I think about like kind of like I've checked the box on like I'm comfortable with three months. You know, that, that's what I have in like cash reserves. Like, what else should I be thinking about? Yeah. Other money that I'd also recommend keeping in cash would be what we call like near-term opportunities funds. Mm-hmm. So this is money that is going to be spent in the next like 12 to 18 months. Okay. So this might be for like a renovation project or like a big vacation okay. that you're, you're, you're going to go on next year. So if it's happening in the near term, ideally you don't want that money exposed to market risk. Right. You want to make sure it's just readily available for yeah. whatever you're going to spend on it. So that's probably also money you'd keep in your cash reserve. You just have a different job description right. for that block of money. So you right. got like your rainy day funds and then you have your like kitchen renovation project right, funds. Right, right, right. Um, and then once you've done that, then you transition into like, okay, well, what about like longer range savings? Like yeah. what are some savings that could actually help me save with some of my tax exposure? So if you like 401k, uh, ideally, you want to be contributing to like you know your, your, if there's a four hundred one k at your employer, mm-hmm. make sure you're not leaving any free money on the table. So if right. your company matches three percent, 
put in that three percent yourself to make sure you're not, yeah, yeah. I, I can't yeah that's a great rate of return it like hundred percent yeah you're guaranteed to you know kind of like you know get a hundred percent rate of return on the contribution you make into that account make sure you're doing that, that makes and then sense. ideally just kind of build upon that as cash flow permits and then once people are like all right I'm maxing out my 401k plan like what's yeah. next then you can start thinking about other you know, overflow strategies. Yeah. You know, make sure you're maybe funding some Roth IRA monies. There's maybe mm -hmm. a taxable investment account. Um, so there's always things that you can do. It's just being aware of kind of what options are on the menu and how you're prioritizing. Yeah, a lot of us don't things. know about that, and a lot of us weren't taught about credit scores and how important those are. Because more often than not, cash flow doesn't really mean anything. anything if you if you have good credit they'll trust you to give to drop a lump sum they'll, on they'll you. give you more money yeah you i mean it's I, it's crazy because in my world cash <coughs> is everything mm. oh he has he has money so you know and we can physically see it and he but has money. when he has to go buy something expensive it's in his mama's name he can't afford it because <laughs> yeah of the credit yeah his credit is tore up and we were never told yeah. about credit but that's why i love the fact Money Man Kurt's here. That's right. Because he, he, his right. game is, I love what you're speaking because I'm all involved in all of this. I'm really diving in. So my question to you then is how do you get paid, if you don't mind sharing that? How do you get paid with a client? Is it a percentage? Is what? How, how does that yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have, a, we have a lot of flexibility. So it, it, it depends upon kind of what the scope of the uh, engagement is. So mm -hmm. if it's... Um, uh, one example is a consultative engagement. Yeah. So this would be what's referred to as our fee-based planning exercise. So it's like a fixed cost that we would charge for like the, the financial plan. And so that would okay. be an example of we come across someone, they're like, look, I need I need to get organized. Like, and I the want financial help. plan is what you bring to the bank, correct? Financial plan would be actually... That's not the one. It would, that would not be what you bring to the bank. That would be more what you would use to help gain some clarity around like cash flow, how you're tracking I, yeah, your education I can't think planning. Of the exact name. Yeah, so that, yeah, so it's not like a, uh, it's not like a, a business valuation. Uh, we have that as part of our business plan gotcha. uh, offering, okay. but yeah, th this would be different than that. This would be like a personal financial plan. For yourself. Yeah, for yourself. We'll talk about cash flow. We'll help like benchmark how people are pacing for like education funding for your kids. Like what's mm -hmm. it gonna take, you know, to support maybe 100% of like in-state tuition costs yeah. across, you know, Two kids, age three and five. They'll be rich um, by then. Yeah, yeah. and uh, retirement plan. Like, <laughs> and, and, and and if there is a shortfall, just quantify like you know based upon what someone's already doing. Be like, wow. all right, based upon what you're doing, this is how we're tracking. There's a gap. Yeah. Here's some recommendations around how to close that gap. This is what it's going to take over the next five, ten years. You know, of additional savings. And to, that's long term. That. A lot of people don't think long term as well. Totally. And but in the meantime, we'll give some like some immediate feedback around what to do with cash flow to make sure that those goals are going to be achieved. So that's more consultative. So like we're just charging for our time. Yeah. But then with those recommendations, people have options around what they do with them. There might be some things that they feel comfortable self-executing on. They're like, yeah, this is, I like, you know, like managing my own money. Like this is great. Like I, I like the portfolio feedback you gave me. Right. I'm going to self-execute on this stuff. Right. But then there might be other things that people like want some assistance with. They're like, ah, yeah, I didn't realize that like I need more insurance coverage. Mm -hmm. Can you and your team help me evaluate how to close those gaps so we could provide options around different uh insurance quotes with different insurance companies and like all right cool i want to go with company b and then we'll you know we, we would be we'd be we collect a commission from whatever company they decide to go with you brought up um, life insurance what what age do you think is 
is uh, feasible to start a person having life insurance is it when they're five, when they're one, when they're 20? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I'll give you a kind of a real life example of it. Um, so my, all three of my kids, I, I got uh, permanent insurance policies for mm -hmm. uh, right, 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 right when they were born. Um, so it's yeah. whole life insurance. It wasn't through Gerber. Uh, I actually I did it through Northwestern Mutual. Oh, okay. um, Northwestern Mutual. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so the the reason why I did it is a lot of my motivation around it was insurability. Mm -hmm. related. So I'm a type one diabetic. Uh, okay. I was diagnosed when I was uh, a, a couple days before my 17th birthday. Wow. So as a result of that, like I'm healthy. Like I you know look after my dad. dad like a lot of times like yeah. oh, I wouldn't really know. But my insurability, like, is impaired. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I would be yeah. rated with any insurance carrier I would apply for. So, wow. so, so as a result of that, when I got insurance as a young professional, like, I had to pay more yeah. for an equivalent amount of coverage yeah. than someone that was my same age but, like, did not have type 1 diabetes, for there example. So I knew that that was a possibility across uh, you know, my kids. And so my middle daughter, unfortunately, she was diagnosed with type uh, type one diabetes last October. Oh, wow. uh, so she's eight years old, uh, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Is you know, yeah, it, it would, yeah, that to I, have. I, I, have, I have a family member as well that has. Yeah, my mom has. I have a family member as well. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, she's young. Yeah, it, my baby just turned nine, so I know. Yeah, and so and so as a result of that though, like she's got like a good amount of permanent life insurance already. Okay. But then the policy also has an option for her to increase that benefit in the future. She gets, so yeah. it's nice because I, I, and even if it's, I don't do this for my other kids, I know that like, at least her, like she can guarantee to like, you know, get another 1.5 million yeah. coverage without ever having to jump through uh, any medical underwriting requirements. Oh, okay. and so that was a nice, that I attached a lot of value to that option. And that like for sense. her, it's going to be a big difference. She's yeah. not going to be dragged down with like a rating for yeah. any of her insurance needs going forward. Um, okay. But yeah, so it could so be, it could be really, she'd be really young for that. And, and invariably like the needs will be, Definitely. yeah, like personalized. So it's just a function. So if it's a young professional that's like, hey, I'm recently engaged. Like we don't have kids now, but we're thinking about having kids. Yeah. We're trying to buy a Definitely house. Definitely get some insurance. Get get some coverage in place when you're in a favorable position to do so. Right. I.e., you're young, you're healthy, your health profile's clean, and that way, you know, you, you can accommodate for things becoming more complex on the horizon. Okay. Um, no, that makes that's sense. That's a great question because I'm doing all that right now. Yeah. I'm doing all that right now. Yeah. I'm doing all that right now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a GoFundMe or something for mine. For your insurance? Yeah. <laughs> Do they take Medicaid? <laughs> I had her falling away. No crib in LA. She wanted all in her face. Count none but faces. New drips she tasted. Just follow the drip while you hating. Hell, nine races. Got them black, white, and Asian. Huh? What up, my boy?